1: What's going on, guys? It's your boy Anthony back with another edition of the Fourth Man Pod. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in today's episode. We got two weeks under our belt in the 2022 Big Three season, and they have been incredible. And we already got some news to talk about on today's episode. So, going to be a great episode. We're also going to recap week two just a little bit and look ahead to week three and what to expect. It's a crucial point in the season, week three, especially if you're a team that's 0 and 2, or even a team that's 1 and 1, because being one and two, or even worse, 0 and 3 is going to be a tough hole to climb out of. So, an exciting episode today. We also got an interview from one of the players on the back end, as always. But before we get into all that, as always, if you're not already following the show on social media at Fourth Man Pod, please do so. I'll update you on the latest news, the rumors. That's where you can find the podcast episodes. That's where you can find all kinds of different content that I'm not posting here directly on the podcast. You can also find content and find the shows visually on youtube at youtube.com slash fourth man pod please subscribe like ring that notification bell you can listen to the podcast on youtube i know i do that personally sometimes just to see people's reactions so i don't know if some of you guys are the same out there but can definitely do so and hopefully one of these days the long-awaited promise that i've made to create more big three content will come about so you know if you want to be the first to see that one make sure you make sure you're tuned in make sure you tap in on that side and, as always, on the dash radio side and the net but net channel listeners we appreciate you guys as always whether you're tuning in on Saturday on game days essentially or Monday kind of getting a recap of what happened. And after the games, not only but you know kind of leading up to the games as well, so thank you to everybody and let's jump into it, I think i'm going to start with the news, there were some pretty big. News that's already occurred and a little bit of a shakeup already in the season. And we're only in week three. Want to start with a big shout out to Elijah Stewart, who unfortunately we don't get to see play in the big three the rest of the summer, but we will get to see him play in the NBA summer league with the New Orleans Pelicans. Had a phenomenal game where he had some ridiculous stats last week and enemies first win over Bivwag. And ultimately that led to an opportunity. I'm sure it was a lot of other factors, but ultimately. That was kind of the final straw to say, hey, we got to get this guy and get a better look at him. Had a phenomenal game for enemies in their win over the big and in their win over Bivlac, I should say, to get enemies to one on one. Let me just read these stats off: twenty-seven points, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, a block, made eight field goals, three three-pointers made, and two four-pointers made. So every stat in the box score was filled out for Elijah Store. He had an insane block on a bring the fire moment. He had a ridiculous four-point shot to put the game at 50 to 49, give enemies the advantage in a game that you have to win by two. And ultimately, because of that, probably compounded with the fact that he was the MVP overseas this year in the league that he played in. Get an opportunity to get some more looks and uh you know from scouts in the NBA just uh, maybe a little bit of a bigger platform in terms of NBA scouts so congratulations to Elijah Stewart we'll definitely miss watching you playing in the big three but very well deserved he's one of the youngest players in the league and I think just strengthen the reason why the big three is such a viable option maybe maybe it strengthens the reason for guys around 27 or I'm sorry not 27 25 to 28 to maybe encourage them to play not only stateside but play in the big three because of where you're at in your point career yes you've Got a chance to make a little bit of money overseas, but you're also getting to play, you know, here in the states where there's a little bit more visibility and maybe on a bigger platform and in the same time zone as some of these other scouts out there. So, congrats to Elijah Stewart. So, what does that mean for enemies? They obviously have to make a corresponding move, and they do so. They added a little bit more star power as well, adding Jordan Crawford to the team. I mean, replacing one bucket for another, just one with a little bit more experience in the basketball world, one that's a little bit older. And wow, what an addition! Can't believe this guy wasn't drafted in the 2022 big three draft we if you were watching the live stream you'll you would have saw that dante actually forgot that he was an option i think with the rest of the killer threes they took kj McDaniel, still a good pick but i think they would have probably considered that jordan crawford more of an option well gets his opportunity now and enemies coming off a really really strong win interested to see how the loss of Elijah's tour impacts them and also how the addition of Jordan Crawford could potentially lead them to having, you know, more wins and getting a two and one start under their belt. But I just want to say congratulations to the start of the show to Elijah and welcome to the league. Jordan, if you're ever listening to this, you know, very excited to have a little bit more star powered and another bucket in the league as well. Jordan Crawford joined the league, but he wasn't the first addition from the, the draft pool, the first guy elevated from the draft pool this season. In fact, it was actually Ray Nixon just a few hours before getting that call up and did so because Ike Diagu will no longer be playing with Big Black the rest of the season. His reasons why, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if it was a decision made where he wasn't in shape enough. It's not what he expected. Maybe he has some personal issues going on. Whatever the case may be, wish Ike the best of luck. I, I thought he was doing you know, decently well, but when you're a team that's 0-2, especially on a Gary Payton led squad, maybe some changes are imminent and maybe he wasn't necessarily fitting what they were expecting or hoping for. Maybe he's just having some personal problems. I'm just making a substance here, but nonetheless, IDIG won't be with Biblack the rest of the year. They elevated Corey Brewer to the co-captain spot and a corresponding move. I think we expected this guy already to be on Bivlac after draft night, but Tri-State did waive Garland Green and Bivouac ultimately picked him up. I don't think Garland Green was waived for any kind of, you know, talent deficiency or his play with Tri-State up to this point. I think this is a move that was bound to happen. Ultimately, Garland Green is going to get a chance to play with his brother. I was actually watching his Twitch stream earlier today. And he mentioned how excited he was to be able to play with his brother Gerald, which he has been dreaming of, you know, since they've been kids. So that's going to be really exciting. I think Garland's going to be able to play, you know, within himself a little bit more, play a little bit more freely. Obviously, you're playing with GP, watching these, so maybe not as freely. I looked over as GP was over there somewhere. (laughs) Definitely, definitely not. If he was, that'd be insane. I do have a jersey that looks like the Supersonics. Anyways, getting off track there, but it's it's going to be cool to see Garland green and that, you know, ultimately not to stray away from the bigger picture here. Ray Nixon was the first call up. The first guy elevated from the draft pool. The first guy signed as a free agent, however you want to word it. Ray Nixon is that first guy to do so. And we'll be joining tri-state. So not losing any kind of size versatility uh, on that tri-state team. That's already got a lot of length and can switch on anything defensively and still has a lot of outside shooting on that team. And, Fun fact about Ray Nixon, also been playing in the run, which is JD's pro Justin Dentman's pro Hooper run that he has in Dallas. Ray Nixon's been a part of that. So now you got three guys and Justin Dittman, Ray Nixon, and DeWan Summers, who was Tri-State's first-round pick, playing on the same squad with a lot of chemistry. So congrats to Ray Nixon. Welcome to the league as well. And already some shakeup. Excited to see what else is to come. Is anyone ever going to add Ty Lawson? I'm still curious about that. Like, I know no one really saw him play and people were expecting to see him at the combine, but you know, is anyone gonna take a flyer on him, if, especially if the team is like 0-3 or 1-2? I'm I'm curious to, to see. Would be really interesting. But that's all the news in the league at the moment. Week three is coming up, but gotta recap week two here briefly. We had some insane games, mostly on Sunday. It was kind of flip-flop. So the first week, all the good games were on Saturday some of the blowouts or i guess all of the blowouts were on sunday and this week it was flip flop in the sense that the saturday games we had a 16 point win a 17 point win and a 7 point win not much of a blowout but in comparison to the sunday game where there was a 6 point win a 3 point win and another 3 point win where two games like went to overtime and really what i mean by overtime is it's like 50 to 49 and they got to play see who wins by two so a lot of good games. Let's start with the Saturday games: Tri-State, Threes Company, Triplets and Aliens, and Ghost Ballers and Ball Hogs. Tri-State, you're gonna hear about this a little bit more later in the show, but Tri-State came out with a huge win, winning 51-35 over Threes Company. Mario Chalmers, Michael Beasley squad, that was pretty wild to me. I obviously I've talked a lot about how I think Beasley's gonna be the MVP, and Threes is the number one seed right now, and see them get blown out as bad as they did was pretty wild. Uh, Michael Beasley wasn't as efficient as he was the week prior, which I guess was bound to happen. Starting seven for seven, it's going to happen every game. But it seems like they were a little bit slower out the gates. Um, Beasley, I don't want to say Beasley, but I would say there's like less sets and less actions off those different sets necessarily. Uh, Mario Chalmers had a really good game with 15 points, but I think the bigger picture is that Tri-State was just really good. And adding Jason Richardson back into the mix made a big time impact. They scored a lot of buckets, a lot of buckets earlier. DeJuan early, I should say. DeJuan Summers looked really good for them. He looked like he felt a little bit better. His second week into the league was hitting a lot of outside shots. Looked really good. I think for the most part, this is more about how good tri can be with Jason Richardson playing. Larry Sanderson plays. So that makes it a little bit scarier. But also, too, I think it's a reflection for threes company, to kind of look in the mirror and say, hey, we could be the best team out here, but we're going to have to play and you know, play hard and get out to some, you know, be able to not get into too many deep holes or try to have to climb back into it. They were in a hole. They're starting to climb back, but Tri-State honestly couldn't miss. And maybe I don't know how long that holds up as well, but Tri-State's a really good team. I just think it goes to show that this year more than ever, no team is. Uh, you know, every team can come out and get a win, regardless of who you think the underdog is. That's the best way to put it there. Now, I do want to mention Michael Beasley did go down with kind of a lower leg injury or maybe a hip injury. It looked like he kind of hit the floor hard uh, when he, I think he ran into Dewan Summers on a play there, but he did leave the game. He ultimately did come back out the tunnel. It looked like maybe he was going to play, but when the team is already down 17 or ends up losing by 17, doesn't really seem like there's a point to try to risk anything else. So hopefully Michael Beasley coming back out of the tunnel with before the game was over is a good sign that we're going to be able to see him this week against three-headed monsters. But, you know, I think that was a big key as well, trying to make that comeback with one of your, your main bucket getters, arguably your best player, is going to be tough. Nonetheless, both teams are now one-on-one. And, one. and talking about the triplets-aliens game, another team that, in terms of aliens, that – has yet to be at full strength yet. They didn't have Carlos Las Manas and is very much missed. Let me, let me put it this way. So Tom Thomas uh, Ivochev did make his debut. This is a very, like, aliens can be a very good defensive team. They could be the team that hustles the most, like the best rebounding team out there. They play with a lot of grit and just tenacity, I would say. They're a very physical team as well. Like, they can play that way, but, Dushawn Bullets is going to be the only guard throughout the year, they're going to be in for, they're going to be in for a long season. Uh, they started off pretty well against triplets. The Pargo brothers went insanely off, like they just couldn't miss. Jeremy started off the game. Janeiro came in and kind of just left off where he started. And while Aliens was able to keep Joe Johnson, you know, under they were able to contain him. I'm gonna give a lot of credit to Deshaun Stevens there, but Ivo Shev did his part as well. Parker brothers just couldn't be stopped. And a bullet had a lot on his plate. Dusan had to, you know, facilitate. He had to try to score. He was a primary ball handler and the guy holding the ball the entirety of the game, played the whole game, and also had to defend the two Parker brothers who were shifty, can shoot, can get to the basket, just bucket getters. So tough game for aliens. They definitely missed Carlos Las Manas, who was playing, I think, in the FIBA championships overseas so he missed this game hopefully they see him back next week and i want to see the team at full strength i'm still curious about how aliens shapes out you know now they're one of one on the season they've had one really good game and then one game where they've struggled and you know they didn't capitalize on a lot of free throws and didn't really have a lot of outside shooting they hit two three-pointers throughout the game so in comparison to triplets eight and their one 4 pointer, so that was a big difference there but I think it, out of anything the biggest takeaway is that like I've mentioned that Jeremy the addition of Jeremy Pargo was going to be a lethal make this offense a lot more lethal and I think it just goes to show that even when Joe's off the season you try to double him um, he's not maybe hitting shots for whatever reason got a lot of reinforcements there and they're going to be able to get it done defensively as well they they made enough stops they play good defense Alonzo G I think is one of, is an underrated addition. He hasn't contributed a lot in the box score, but he's done a lot for that on the team in terms of hustle playing defensively and just adding another big guard within there. So, uh, triplets is 2-0, one of the only 2-0 and o teams in the league. And the other 2-0 and o team in this league is Ghostballers, who is kind of off to a similar start as they were last year. Now, they were one and one last year, but a lot of that was because Mike Taylor left the second game or third game, second game. He got into like an altercation with Larry Sanders. So ultimately, I think that's why they lost. But Ghost ballers, 2-0, big win over, over ball hogs, 50-43. to And I think we're just seeing that Mike Taylor is back in form. Like, he's one of the best players in this league. He's coming for that MVP. But I think more importantly, he's coming for a chip with Ghost ballers. And they got a very well-formed team. They did a great job putting this team together. Chris Johnson is still one of the most underrated players in the league. I don't know how he looks. <laughs> He looks phenomenal um he's so versatile for a big he can play on both ends of the floor great shot blocker and put up 17 points eight rebounds in this one Mike Taylor had 19 points four rebounds and three steals but I just really like the makeup of this team adding two three two big three bets having Ricky Davis who's all-time leading scorer in the big three it's this is a good team like this this team really meshes well I love the lineup of like Mike Taylor, Chris Johnson, and Darnell Jackson. I even like it when it's Jermaine Taylor instead of Mike Taylor. Like I think it works well there too. But this team is going to be really good. Like there's not there's not too much more to say than that. And on the flip side they beat a really good Ball hogs team despite Leandro Barbosa coming back. Barbosa had 10.7 rebounds, eight assists, so it looked pretty good, was facilitating the ball, but uh just couldn't get enough stops. Jody Meeks looked really good in that first half. Iverson looked good. Karan Iverson looked good in the second half. Didn't see a lot of Stacey Davis, which I was a little confused about. And I think Will McDonald missed out on a few opportunities, but I think Ballhawks is a good team. They got a a tough, you know, early season schedule last week. They are, you know, this past week, they got Barbosa the week prior. They didn't even have Barbosa and they ended up losing by like 17 against killer threes. And now they got to go against triplets oh like just tough especially for a team that's was 2-0 and to start the year last year so um tough sledding for ball hog that being said like a, a win is more pivotal than ever and do i think that triplets is going to run away against ball hogs in the past maybe this year like i can't really say so like they're this is a competitive team and ghost ballers is a really good team so them losing by seven is is not a big deal they're just gonna have to like really be on their a game against triplets i think they got a lot of uh, Size was one thing that triplets kind of struggled with against aliens. Like I said, they out rebounded them. And I think the rebounding game, rebounding edge should go to ball hogs But we'll see how it pans out. I think that's an interesting game. And I think it really will uh, determine kind of the makeup of this league. Like, can an 0 2 team beat a 2 and 0 team and really, really like make this standings interesting, especially, you know, going down later in the stretch? Like, <laughs> Selfishly, a part of me is hoping that like each team is like pretty close. Like there's a bunch of one and two teams, or two and one teams, and no three and no teams, and no and three teams. So we'll see how it pans out. Those were the Saturday games, though. In terms of Sunday, we had Power, Three Headed Monsters, we had Bivouac and Enemies Trilogy and Killer Threes. A lot of insane, great games. Power and Three Headed Monsters was like a weird one because that all it just there was no outside shooting. It was like just all really smart shots get. Get as close to the basket as you can and score. Had the bucket getters between Kevin Murphy and Glenn Rice Jr. going at it, but also got a contribution from Royce White on power, who looked really good down low. He really man, like manhandled his way into the paint and scored a lot of baskets. Um shoot a little bit more outside, didn't make any, but that's that's an interesting you know, addition to his game. If he does that, this really scary power team. Um, but again, keeping it close with Katina Mobley, I thought is very interesting. Who seems to be more of a coach this year? TJ Klein followed up with a good game. But on three-headed monster side, very encouraging. They really only went with Kevin Murphy, Richard Lewis, and Jonathan Simmons this week. Simmons had a very good bounce-back performance. Richard Lewis still proving he's one of the best big three players in this league. And three hot three-headed monsters with a with a much-needed fifty to forty-four win. Um, Kevin Murphy got 23 points. Rashard Lewis had 17 and Simmons with 10 for them. And now both those teams are one and one. Uh, enemies is also one and one. Unfortunately, Bivouac is 0 and 2. But that being said, like really, like maybe game of the year candidate already within the season, like 52 to 49. This game is back and forth the whole night. Gerald Green, who's got the most points, by the way, in the season, he's the leading scorer in the league right now. 25 and nine, but also had to be a coach because GP wasn't there. But man, what a tough loss. It looked like multiple times throughout the game, like Emmys was gonna run away with it. Then I thought, like, oh, Bivlab's, you know, picking up the lead, they got the advantage. Like, they're gonna be the team that run away with it, just back and forth. Great game. I kind of already mentioned some of the things that have happened with Elijah Stewart having a big time block on a bring the fire. And he also had a big time four-point shot. He had a couple four-pointers in the game, but uh, you know, we saw Swaggy P hit his first points of the year. Isaiah Austin had 12 points, nine boards. So enemies, I mean, they were looking pretty good. Uh, you know, I still think they can be a good team with Jordan Crawford. I just don't know how this team, like, you know, it's going to work together right off the rip. On the flip side, like, Bivlak, tough tough for them as well. Like, just just like Ballhawks, maybe even tougher because they've been in both games. Like, the first game they were – they lost by three. This game they lost by three. So. It's been tough. Gerald Green is definitely carrying the load. And Corey Brewer had all 12 points in the second half. It's got to be tough for Gerald Green to, like, coach the team. He didn't make any subs until the second half when Corey Brewer and Jeff Ayers came into the game. It was like Corey Brewer and Jeff Ayers played the second half, and Diagu and Will Bynum played the first half for the entirety. But, yeah, it was just it's just hard if it's going to be those two guys all year. Like, Jeff Ayers had seven points uh diagu had five points obviously that's going to be carlin green next week and will bynum did make his debut he did take some shots a lot of one-on-one game he just couldn't couldn't put the ball in the basket maybe a little rusty so you know they're they're going to be playing aliens this next week i'm interested to see how that game turns out and critical game for biblack can't go down 0-3 in this league and hope to win five straight and hopefully you know get in the playoffs especially not with the kind of talent we have this year most certainly And last game, uh, last game of the weekend was Trilogy and Killer Threes. This was such a good game as well. You know, Trilogy, like the Trilogy squad looks really good, but like Killer Threes, I honestly feel like they had a little bit of a, just a down day. Like Franklin Session did all he could. He, Frank Nitty had just, the grit and determination that we all know that Frank Nittie plays with 19 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists. He's got He's averaging seven assists in a game that goes to 50 in the first two weeks. That's an insane stat. Um, I honestly think Dante was a little bit off this week at 15 points and five rebounds. Uh, I think the team goes mostly as Dante goes, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I definitely think of a bounce back. There's a critical call in the game where he actually hit a three and they counted it as a two. And regardless of the fact that it would have been 49-49 and Trilogy ended up hitting a running hook or Amir Johnson did, like I think it just changes the complexion because now it's not like, oh, we're winning. It's like now we're – it's like, oh, we're tied, right? So I don't know. I think that it doesn't matter at this point. kw threes is one and one um, Josh Powell also had 6.6 rebounds. But big – I don't know. Big ups to Trilogy because, you know, you're 0-1. You're the champs. Steve Jackson knows that you can't go down. I went to you're playing a tough killer threes team, and Earl Clark bounced back in a big way. Amir Johnson went eight for eight on his shots, finishing with 16 points. I think that's a career high for him in the big three. Uh, Briscoe 16 points, six rebounds, seven assists. A good game from him. But and James White didn't even score. And you know David Hawkins. I was he's one of the more underrated guys of that game. I think he really played well defensively. He did a good job setting the table with five assists himself. And just really impressed with this trilogy squad. I thought this was gonna be a tough team. I think I, I yeah, I'm pretty positive I have in my top four, maybe my top two. And you know, their last outing was kind of the reason why. Like they they looked that good. Like I expect Earl Clark to be scoring 17 points. And I don't expect them to win games without James White scoring, but hey, you know, like James White has a couple of rings. I'm not gonna question anything that man does, and just didn't seem like this was the game for him to score, and he let other guys do it. And I was just really impressed by it, what Amir Johnson did: sixteen points, four rebounds, eight for eight shooting. Insane, insane! Like, well done by the Trilogy Squad. But Vengeful Killer threes. I also probably didn't help that Killer threes was down like nine at the half, but you know they came back strong, tried to fight back, and ultimately, I think these are going to be two teams that are definitely in the hunt down the down the stretch. I think a lot of these teams could be, but like. If I'm looking at pretenders and contenders, these two teams are definitely contenders. Like, I would probably look at someone like an aliens that could be a pretender potentially. Um, I could see someone like a an enemies maybe being a like pretender just based off the history of them um and where biv sits right now, getting that win. Like, is it that meaningful? Could this hmm? But yeah, I was I was gonna name another another pretender, but I think it's too early to to name a few of those. So maybe we can get into that another day. But that being said, let's look into week three real quickly. We got some great games on tap for week three of the season. On Saturday, it's gonna be Enemies Power, Tri-State, Killer Threes, Ball Hogs, and Triplets, like I mentioned before. Enemies and Power was a really good game last year, and we got some new faces on each of those teams so that should be another good one I'm I'm very curious to see if enemies can start the season two and one that's one thing that they haven't done is get off to a good start so interested to see that um with threes tri-state was a really good game last year and I I was really impressed by tri-state last week I can't believe they got the win over threes company I'm going to hold myself accountable I didn't believe in them I I don't want to say I didn't believe in them that they'd be a good team I just didn't believe that they would get that win and Gonna be playing a tough killer threes team. And then Ball hogs, it's a must-win game for them at this point. It's just so unfortunate they have to go against triplets, who I think has yet to start a season without what like winning their first four games at least. So tough position to be in, but hopefully you can change the narrative and the history there. And ball hogs is a good team. Um, I expect Barbosa to probably have more points. So it'll be a lot of ball movement, but I think they'll have he'll have. More points take on more of the scoring load. And when he gets a little bit of the rust off on him, like, he can get going. So that should be fun. We haven't seen Ballhawks play triplets with uh, Barbosa on the team and Jody Meeks on the team. So I'm really excited for that one as well. On Sunday, we got Threes Company, Three Headed Monsters, Biblack and Aliens, and Trilogy Ghostbuilders. A lot of the, uh, a lot of te- like just a lot of intriguing points within there. Like Bivlack and Aliens, obviously two expansion teams. It's hard to say, like, which team needs it more. Like, Bivouac at 0-2, you would think needs it more. But, like, if I'm Aliens and I'm 1-1 one one at the season so far, I'm like, we're still trying to figure things out and, like, trying to get this team in full. Like, I think it's important to have two wins now, like, be 2-1 and one in hopes that they can – because, like, Aliens – I'm all over the place with Aliens. But, like, they're, they're so – it's such an interesting, like, makeup of the team. Like, I still can't tell if they're really good or they're really not. They've yet to have the full team together. Like, when they have Las Manas, are they going to be the team that we saw from week one? Or is it going to be more so what we saw from week two? Like This is a really gritty, tough-nosed team that I think is going to win more off of, like, hard work than they are, like, talent is what I'm kind of saying. So, like, getting that second win is going to be so imperative for them. But, like, which one of – is Las Manas does play this week? Which I think he will. I hope he does. But is it going to be him or Bullet? That's going to be Gar and Gerald Green because he could go for the record. If that's the case, no, no offense to uh, either of those guys, but like that was one of the one of the weaknesses of Bullet's game when he came in for the 2019 draft. And so uh, it's a critical game for both of them, I think. And I think uh, if Bivlak you know, wants a shot at making the playoffs, they got to go one and two. But I think at the same time, like Aliens, if they want a shot at making the playoffs, they got to go two and one. If they go one and two, I think it. Not their season's not done, but I don't think they make the playoffs if they go one and two. Basically, what I'm saying there. Three's Company and Three Headed Monsters really tight day game last year. They ended with like a 56 40 win from Three Headed Monsters. Three Headed Monsters looks really good. I'm more interested to see like, one, does Michael Beasley play for Three's Company? But two, is Three's Company gonna run more plays, like more actions? Or have more action space, like in, in more sets. Like I'm I'm really curious to see that. Uh I think it's important for three's company that Brandon Rush gets going too. He's been a little bit slow to start the season. He had a couple easy baskets the first week, had like three, you know, a, a nice little step back three in the last game. But like I think he's gonna be a critical like part of what they're doing. They need more space than they got it with scales, but I think they're also going to need Brandon Rush to do so and just be that scorer that he was with Aliens. Like he was really, he's a really good player in this league, especially when he was with Aliens. And so I'm hoping to see that transition as he's now with Therese Company. And I know it's a different role. Like I understand that for sure, but I think his offensive presence is going to be needed if Therese Company wants to be the best team in, in the league, like, like I think they can be. Trilogy Ghost is another, another intriguing one as well they played last year but Mike if I recall correctly Mike Taylor didn't play in that and trilogy ended up beating them by like 17 that's when they had Jared Jack as well so I feel like we get like a, a real matchup of those two teams obviously those are two of the the longest senior teams in the league uh being two of the OGs but interested to see uh, if if ghost Ballers go three and like if they go three and I really think this is the year they get back in the playoffs. If you haven't been following the league since year one, you'll know that they made it the first year and haven't made it since. And it's been a lot of changes. there's been some downs. there's been some ups, and there's you know, definitely a down last year was when Mike Taylor went down, the team was like four and one. so it ended up being four and four. So if Ghost Ballers goes three and this week, like definitely need, we need to put them on more of a, a like a watch notice, like this team is really good, like better than we even realize, maybe better than I realized. And I already think they're a really good team. But they beat this trilogy squad. Like I just think it says a lot. So and if they go three and oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guarantee that they make the playoffs. Like it'd be hard for a team three and oh not to make the playoffs, but um, I think it's time we stop counting out ghost ballers and the potential of this team, what this team can really do. They drafted well, they got two really good players and. You know, two of the best players, I should say, in the big three, and Mike Taylor and Chris Johnson. And if they win this game, it's time to put some respect on. It. But won't be easy. It's a really good, really good uh trilogy squad. Um, a lot of good pieces on there. But interested to see the Mike Taylor and Isaiah Briscoe matchup. That might be the matchup of the week. Uh, at least like one-on-one individually. So that is everything. And this half of the episode. On the back half, we have an interview with Tri-State Zone Dewan Summers. We get a little insight on his thoughts and how he thinks they're going to square off and ultimately hope to beat killer threes as they go against it this week. He mentioned some of the guys he's going with on killer threes are from the DMV area where he's originally from. So should be a good one. I appreciate everyone who's tuned in, whether you're tuning in from your preferred podcast platform on YouTube or on the dash radio, nothing but net channel. I appreciate it. Make sure you're following the show on social media at fourth man pod and let's get to our interview with tri-states to summers. So today on the show, we're excited to welcome on Georgetown alum and the number seven pick in the 2022 Big Three Draft, Tri-State's very young, DeWan Summers. Again, thanks for hopping on. I we got through some technical difficulties here, but again, welcome
0: to the show. That's all good, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And really excited to chat with you guys. First and foremost, like, how are you feeling? You're two weeks into the season. We'll talk a little bit more about the, the Big Three season and kind of how you got involved. A little bit later, but just how you feeling about you know after the first two weeks, just in general?
0: Excited, man! It's uh, it's really exciting. I get to see a lot of guys I haven't seen in a in a long time compete against them. You know, I've been overseas for probably the last eight or nine seasons, so <clears throat> anytime I get to see guys that I used to play against, Dante, you know, I see him this weekend. We match up against Killer Threes. Mm-hmm. You know, Earl with uh with Trilogy, he's um Big East guys. So it's been fun, man. It's been really fun. The crowds have been really into it in the first two weeks and I'm looking forward to see how it is in Dallas.
1: Yeah, I feel like week one, it was kind of like, the it was a little bit slower because it was just coming off the NBA season. It was kind of a little bit of a lull, but like last week it seemed like it was kind of popping. The crowds were really, really strong there and like really getting into everything. Like I'm excited for what Dallas is going to look like. And you kind of mentioned it, it's a good segue because uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about your, you know, your college career, also your your professional career is le- as well, getting up to the point in this Big Three season, and you know, you come from a really historic college in Georgetown. You know, historically, like in college hoops, that's one of the 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 biggest colleges out there. Uh, you know, to to be able to represent that school, you know, everywhere in the hoops world, and even maybe just even the Big East, because like we know how much of a powerhouse the Big East was back in the day, um, especially during your time, like. What's it like to just be able to kind of like wear that badge of honor and represent Georgetown like throughout your you know your professional career
0: like you said, man, Georgetown is one of the best basketball programs there is, you know um I was blessed to wear number three, you know, I wanted to wear thirty three but uh one of my teammates at the time was Patrick Ewing jr, so of course he had to wear his daddy's number and I ended up wearing Iverson number and uh, my freshman year we went to the final four, so it feels great to be a part of something. So big and so, uh, you know, just such a part of the culture, basketball culture, but also to add to it because we were Big East champions, Big East tournament champions, and we went to a Final Four. So all those things are amazing. And even with the big three, I see Junkyard Dog, Mm -hmm. you know, we were out there in Vegas and he was, you know, helping me out, just telling me little pointers and things. So it's a brotherhood and I'm I'm very grateful to be a part of it.
1: Man, that is so dope. I mean,
0: AI's number is not a bad number to
1: represent either. But yeah, you had a really, you had a really great career at Georgetown that led to you being a second round pick to the Pistons in 2011. We all know, like NBA is full of, you know, obviously there's a lot of talented basketball players in the world, but the NBA there's only so many spots and it's very limited. You you got to spend some time in the league, but ultimately in 2013 you decide to go overseas and you kind of bounce back and forth between the G and overseas. We've had this conversation a lot this year, so I want to get your take on it. It's such an interesting topic of like, when's the right time to go from the G League and play overseas? Because overseas, there's a lot more money in the G League. It feels like there's a lot more visibility because you're right, kind of close to NBA teams and stuff. For you, like what was that decision for you in 2013? Ultimately, why did you make the decision to go overseas?
0: Well, for me, you know, I'm married, I'm, I have two kids, me and my wife, we've been together since we were in high school. So at that time in 2013, we were pregnant with, my, with our daughter. So I was so close, you know, I was right at the door and I was like, okay, but then, you know, I was invited back to a training camp with the Clippers that year, but it wasn't a guarantee. So I was like, I gotta, you know, get some stables, you know, solidified money. And in hindsight, you know, I, I regret that decision. You know, because my wife, she was like, no, baby, stay home, stay in the G League so they can see you. She's saying the same thing as far as exposure and playing in the Big Three is kind of giving me that feel, what I used to feel being in the G League and, you know, obviously being in the NBA. And you can't, I, you know, this is no disrespect to overseas, Euro League, any league, but there's nothing like home. So for me, when I made the decision, it was strictly financial. But to any guy in that position, if he, you know, doesn't have a family or if he doesn't feel like um, 100% on board with going overseas, I would say stay home. I mean, we see it happen all the time where, you know, it can segue you into a coaching job or obviously breaking through and getting minutes like Gary Payton did, uh, the Warriors this past season. You know, like you said, there's so many talented guys. It's just timing. Yeah. You know, it's just timing. Like I said, any guys who are in that position and they're close, I would say stay home if you got that strong support system around you. And everything like that for me, you know, I was trying to uh, break in and get more money. And my whole ultimate goal was to come back home, you know, to build leverage plan <laughs> to get yeah. back home. But it's a completely different monster when you go overseas, just all the countries are different customs, culture, coaching. So, you know, that's one of those things.
1: Yeah, I've definitely heard that before. And I feel like the good thing is a lot of guys today it seems like they're trying to look out for their fellow you know, fellow hoopers that are going overseas and like the people that come after after you guys are going to have an opportunity to understand what's going on but i think it leads into a good segue of kind of like where we're at currently i was going to ask you about this but it seems relevant right now with uh, elijah stewart obviously just had a really good game he was really good overseas just came off in NBP. you have a really good game now won't be playing in the big three season the rest of the, the rest of the summer because he got an opportunity in summer league i guess like right. Through your first two weeks, what are your thoughts on the big three being a viable option to potentially get more of that exposure state side? And then also, too, for you, is that something you've thought of as, like, maybe this is the route I took was supposed to happen so I could get here and maybe have another opportunity?
0: You know, it's a journey, man. It's a marathon, so it's one of those things where you never know how it plays out. I know Joe Johnson, he had such a great show in the first couple of years in that got him back in. And Elijah, hey, baby, Elijah, he's been playing out of his mind the first two games, so guys deserve to have the opportunity to get in and if the big three is one of those platforms as it should be in my opinion to get guys back in along with the g league then i'm all for it because the talent is clearly there like guys have so much talent you know and obviously they're we're all committed to the game we've been pros so you know hopefully that works out for elijah i'm a fan of his game he's a tough guard and people can't see you overseas you know we can look at highlight films and we can see you know the clips broken up but it's different to actually see a guy in the flesh and, you know, his camaraderie in a locker room and all intangible. So the big three is a perfect for that because it's only three guys, you know, three versus three. So yeah. you really get to see someone's personality, the way they conduct themselves, the way they prep for the game, the way they communicate with their teammates, coaching staff, fans. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity for myself, obviously for Elijah and obviously Joe already have done.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I think you made a lot of really good, interesting points there. And I would love to see, like, other guys, including yourself, get another opportunity to be able to do so. Uh, potentially, you know, get an opportunity to whether play in Summer League, G League, NBA, or anything like that. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your first season in the league. Obviously, debut has been a little bit interesting. You haven't had the full squad yet through the first two yeah. weeks. But <laughs> you guys are one and one at this point. But I want to take it back to draft night. No, it's I'm really real- interesting because I've talked to a few guys. A lot of guys, it seems like uh, – are pretty cool with JD and they participate yeah. in the run, which is like a pro Hoopers run that you guys have in Dallas. Yeah. And it seemed like I spoke with TK Doggy like a few weeks yes. back before the draft. And a lot of you guys were actually at the, uh, at the tryouts or at the combine had a chance to yeah. participate in it. But like ultimately how long have you known about the league and when did the opportunity come about, uh, come about, did it come from JD or is it somewhere else?
0: I mean, I knew about the league since it first started. You know, I'm a basketball fan, so I'm always watching, you know, any basketball, whether it's TBT, you know, the tournament, or it was Big Three, Summer League, obviously, any any pro-ams, you know, anything. I love basketball. But yeah, obviously, Justin, uh, he's down here in Dallas with us, so we all work out together. I just was there this morning, so it gives you an inside look at everybody. We get to play 5-on-5, obviously, the league is 3-on-3, but... Um, just that, just having that connection and really knowing each other in and out gives us an advantage, but yeah, you know, Justin is cool with everybody and he's just, uh, he's been, he's a vet. He's been around the game for a long time. He has that type of personality where people, you know, want to be close, but, um, draft night. Yeah. I, I didn't expect now. The funny thing is I work out with Justin every day. And he okay. didn't tell me that they were gonna get me, you know. He That's me, what I was, was gonna asking, ask you.
1: That's yeah. what I was gonna ask you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was kind of making it seem like, ah, well, D, be. who's been hitting you up? Has anybody called you? And I was like, I you know, I'm just focused on the work. Like I'm like just gonna it's gonna play. It. But when he came over, called me like this oh, before, me no, uh, no. But yeah.
1: We, yeah. We had a uh, Dante on our live draft stream, and he was like he was pretty bummed out when they, when you got, when you got taken like three picks yeah. before he was, he was not <laughs> the pick, but uh, yeah. I think it worked out at the end, man. You were, I think you were hot on a lot of people's lists out there. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. It was good. I, I played well out there in the, at the combine, but, you know, again, I know a lot of guys and I've been around the game for a long time, you know, like from college to high school, even really like with Beasley. I know Beasley since high school. You know, we all from the oh, wow. area. So mm-hmm. we just have a lot of respect for each other. The league has given us opportunity to put our talents on display, even though we're not in the NBA. And that's a it's a blessing, man. I can't major shout out to Ice Cube. man. This is it's a beautiful thing.
1: And I love how you're expressing the the talent in the big three. It's been it's been crazy to see the first two weeks. Like I've been so stoked every weekend to see you know how it's gonna pan out. And the first week just had me kind of like giggling like a little girl. Like to be honest, yeah. it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was nuts. Like I th- don't get me wrong, the league's been talented, but like to see the guys on display, the teams working well together, and just yeah. like the skill sets of everybody is insane. And yeah. it kind of goes into. Your first two weeks, your first game obviously was a little weird because you guys didn't have Jay Rich there. Yeah. Uh, and there was a few of you guys still trying to figure it out, I think. Like, you know, you had yeah. J.D. and Larry, who already been on the team, but then you and, and Garland at the time uh, hadn't played yet. I mean, what was your, your first game like, and what were your biggest takeaways ultimately that helped you feel successful in, like, week two?
0: Well, uh, the first week, like you said, our roster was, you know, incomplete. And now, even now, we're going into the third week, and now Garland's gone, and now we have a new player. Now the player, I play with him. I know Ray. He plays with us at the run also, so it's not going to okay. be too much of an adjustment. But from the first week, just the biggest takeaways were the spacing. The spacing and the pace of the game, you know, because we found ourselves trying to play a lot of one-on-one the first week, and we did that the second week too, but it was quicker. You know, Jay Rich gave us a little bit of insight of moving the ball faster and being decisive without attacking, whether we're going to shoot a drive or drive the kick, whatever it is, just kind of make it quick because, you know, it's a 14-second shot clock, so you don't want to play around with the ball. But from there, that that was just the biggest adjustment, just the spacing and the timing, and also the rebounding and clearing the ball. (laughs) That can be confusing a little bit, but, you know, it's it's a subtle adjustment. It's all still basketball.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. It's just like it's kind of different. Like you said, just obviously there's less people. But then, too, like you have kind of your fast breaks are like off that rebound, just like trying to get out to the perimeter and like find that open spacing or, you know, be able to make a quick cut if someone gets out. So that, that's a really yeah. good point. But at the end of the day, you know, Hooper's hoop. So Hooper's
0: uh, up on the hoop, man. We going hoop. Yeah.
1: Please what was it? Uh, I mean, I got to be honest, impressive win over three's company. I gotta be honest. I not expected they came out, you know, firing. You counted them the us out. Week. You
0: counted us out. Just I'm, say it. <laughs> I did. No,
1: I, I'll hold myself accountable. I'm not scared to hold myself accountable. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: after the first week of what what bees did and like you know three's company being a veteran team and the guys they've added, like it was hard. And like you know, it's it was really hard to judge your team after the first week. Obviously, Jay Rich is a big point of emphasis, but then you're missing Larry the second week, so it's hard for me to. Assess. But yes, I counted you guys out. Nonetheless, you guys did. You guys got the dub. Uh, right. Impressive, impressive win, like 16-point win. Um, yeah. I mean, what was kind of the game plan going in, and how did you guys feel, or how did you feel the team did
0: execution-wise? Well, I feel like we did great. Like I said, having Jay Rich back is, um, he's our captain, you know, so that can't be, you know, that can't be overlooked. What he brings to the team is not just his 21 points that he added, but just his uh, his veteran mindset. There was a lot of plays that we had in the first week that we went over and we tried to scheme for, but they weren't how they were for the second week. So the second week's practice was a lot more crisp. We the ball moved with efficiency. We we knew where our spots were. So yeah, it felt good to be back out there, you know, with and having that dynamic to know how versatile we can be because all of us can shoot the basketball. All of us can put the ball down and attack. Yeah. And that's, that's really hard to defend. We have size and we can switch on defense. You know, even when guys try to post Justin, we still we have rotations for that down that Larry's coming back. So our team is really strong. And like you said, the first week it was hard for people to see. But, you know, we kind of felt this way. We felt confident after draft night.
1: Yeah, and I, that's what I really liked about your team as well. Even adding Ray now, another you know, guy with size, versatility, he's going to be able to do everything. I think that Garland yeah. brought to the table. Yes. Uh, is is really what makes you guys scary? what What do you what do you like about the addition of Ray? Obviously, it feels like Garland being let go was more so that he had an opportunity to play with his brother, more so yeah. than the lack of talent there. But now you add Ray, another guy from the run. You guys probably have a lot of chemistry playing with each other. At least you, JD, yeah. and Ray. What do you like yeah. about um, what Ray brings to the table for you guys and your team?
0: Man, Ray is hard nose. Man, he's uh he's gonna get into your chest. He's gonna defend you hard. He can shoot the ball, he can stretch the defense. He has a very efficient jumper from three. Um, and again, like you said, most importantly, we know each other, all of us have chemistry. So it's one of these things where Jay Rich is a, he's a captain again, and he's a vet. So he understands how to blend in as well with Larry, as far as us gelling. So having three guys who play together week in and week out, although we only practice once for the big three, that gives us an advantage. I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to uh, this weekend, so we can see how we practice. Well, tomorrow for the practice.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you get to be at home, so that's dope. But um, I yeah, gotta ask no, you this: no. Dr. J's your coach. You guys yeah. got one of the best assistant coaches in the league, too, I think. And Steve Mix, I yeah. think he's a underrated factor on that Tri-State team. But just talk to me about the coaching staff and like, is it is it weird? Like, what, how would you describe Dr. J being your
0: coach? Like, just to be just to be honest. It's kind of surreal. You know, um, okay. I was just asked about that today. Uh, my guy was like, well, man, how does it feel having Dr. J be your coach? And I was like, well, you know, I think about it, but you can't think about it when you're playing. You're just trying to focus on the game. But it kind of hits you when we're getting on the bus to go to the uh, to the arena and you got like 20 people outside waiting to get autographs. And we come back from practice, mm-hmm. you got like another 20, 30 people. And Dr. J, man, his personality is just so reserved and calm. He doesn't. He doesn't make it a thing. He doesn't, you know, make people feel bad for asking, and he doesn't give anyone attitude. He's probably one of the best personalities I've been around with. Someone who has so much fame, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of remarkable.
1: Man, just just smooth as ever, and yeah, uh, super smooth, super <laughs> smooth. Man, I can definitely see that. That's that's pretty dope. And yeah, uh, you you kind of alluded to it a little bit. You got a big matchup against Killer Threes uh Dante's one of your guys that one of the DMV guys that you get to go against they're coming off a a, coming off a tough L like they're coming off a tough season a tough season in general like they probably they came off to a rough start won like five in a row probably should have played another team to try to get into the playoffs didn't get the chance to didn't make the playoffs. have a good week one week two very tough loss and now critical point in time like being one and two is a big difference from two and one in an eight game season so what are going to be some of the what are going to be some of the keys to making sure that you get that second win and making sure despite probably like you know a a vengeful killer three is coming out you know what are some of the, the keys to stopping them
0: well more or less of the same from last week just being efficient and decisive with what we're doing with the basketball you know, because we don't want to get into a space where we get caught up in playing one on one, because that's what the killer three, killer threes do more than us. We have sets and we have offense with continuity. Like those guys, get what they can get off the dribble, create misses, create driving lanes. So we want to contain Nitty. You know, he has a high motor. We kind of want to contain that, and obviously we know Tay is a scorer. So just make him give him different looks. It'll be me sometimes. Sometimes it'll be uh, Ray or. Jay rich and obviously uh, Sanders with that size and length will give him a lot of trouble too. So just trying to make it hard for them, not letting them get comfortable because they're the type of team that they get comfortable. They can go on the hot street.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's going to be a really good game. I think that's probably going to be game of the week at this point. Um, seeing which, which one of you guys get that two in one spot. Um, last yeah. thing I want to ask about the big three is what have you been looking forward to you know every weekend outside of basketball you kind of alluded to just being able to hang with the hang with the guys but like for you what's been the most exciting part like going into every weekend?
0: Probably that man just uh, being able to uh, connect and interact with the guys I haven't seen in so long you know we all follow each other's careers from whether being overseas to you know guys who have stayed home or took the G League route or whatever the journey has been but you know, basketball creates a lot of brotherhoods and just being able to spend time around guys that I haven't in so long has been uh, for me. Obviously playing at home in front of family and friends, you know, just yeah. Just being able to talk trash with the fans, you know, like <laughs> have fans engage with you in in a language you understand because they do that overseas, but it's in their language, you know. So yeah, those two things have been the biggest takeaway. It's like a, it's rejuvenating, it's another level of energy that it gives me just to you know, be home and represent my family and represent obviously my school, just my journey and story that people know, they don't know as much yeah. of us.
1: Yeah, what, uh, so I've never seen the type of trash talk, at least from like the people that are sitting on the court as I've seen this year. What is that interaction to like, like who is talking trash? Are these like dudes you know, or are these like dudes you don't know?
0: No, nah, last game it was the celebrity role, like the guys from the shop, I and mean, it's not—it's an innocent okay. trash talk. It's just you know, it's just stuff to get you fun going, stuff. and that's yeah. yeah, it's fun stuff. There's nothing malicious, you know. It's nothing dirty or you know uh, disrespectful or anything like that. It's just fun. It's it's culture of how basketball is, high competition and just competing and you know enjoying it, enjoying the game because people love basketball, yeah. so that makes them feel like they're a part of it.
1: Yeah very basketball related trash talk not the type of stuff we see where like people oh, notice yeah, yeah. other people yeah yeah no, that, that's yeah. The, that's yeah see that's what's up that's cool um all right cool uh, i gotta ask you real quickly mm-hmm. i've been seeing on your twitter that you're excited about the new stranger things what do you oh what are you my looking, are you looking Man, forward I, to and like what are some other netflix shows that you can you know put people on to recently are you a big netflix oh. person or are you a big just like like a I'm series a big, person know, a movie
0: person i'm a movie guy for sure Movie. Okay. I'm a movie guy for sure. We just went to see uh to go see a movie that just came out. what hey, will we go see? Buzz Lightyear last night. That was for the kids. Will we uh oh. Doctor Strange, we went to see that one. Oh yeah, yeah. That was amazing. You know, we just we this is in our household, we watch shows, but on the stranger things, man, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna end. <laughs> I don't know. Elle it's gotta nuts. get her powers back, you know. Hopefully she comes to. It's crazy and this villain is. We haven't seen anything like him. He's worse than the last one. So yeah, I don't know. But any other shows on Netflix or I mean, any
1: streaming platform? I mean, there's so many now. You got you got options. Yeah, it's
0: so many, bro. Yeah. I watch Hulu. I obviously I watch all the Power series. You know,
1: uh-huh.
0: Power Book. You know, Tommy is in Chicago. It was dope being in Chicago last week, and I had just finished watching it. And I watched and those yeah. guys are in the show. They, Those guys were in the. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Power what
1: I saw. I was like, who are those guys? And I was like, oh, so, shoot, they're from.
0: Yeah, they're from Power. So I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, but yeah, you know, just those two shows, mostly uh, anything that's hot that sci fi is really my thing, obviously, strange Things. Yeah. But,
1: wow, well, uh, that can be a reward if you guys, definitely, if you guys get the W. Uh, but I anything from, uh, enjoy. My <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just want to take the time to say thank you again. I know we've had some tef- technical difficulties, but appreciate it's you good. sticking with me and being flexible. Best of luck mm-hmm. on Saturday against killer threes. I know it's a big time game for you and best of luck the rest of the season. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. That was our interview with the Appreciate his time. We went through a ton of technical difficulties. I don't know why it didn't even feel like any of us were like in an unstable part of our of our houses, or homes. But nonetheless, we got through it. And just a great interview from him, a lot of insight and just really another really knowledgeable guy on the show. So I appreciate your time. And again, best of luck to Dewan and the rest of Tri-State. Hopefully be able to make it back to those playoffs. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. I appreciate you guys. I don't think I really mentioned this before, but this is episode 101. So we just crossed the 100 episode mark. And just a huge thank you to everyone who supported. It's obviously been a long journey going through, you know, a a season or a league that only plays in the summer. So there's a lot of off seasons. Then we have the year off. But I appreciate everyone who stuck around. I appreciate all the new listeners who have tapped in and everyone who's reached out to me and appreciated you know, appreciate what I've done or said I've done a good job on the show, like, or appreciated my insight just because I've been watching the league for a little while and want my, you know, insight from a historical purpose standpoint, <clears throat> like whatever the case may be, like all of that is so greatly appreciated. I, I can't even put into words how much that means to me because at the end of the day, like the whole reason we're making this is just, I really love this week and I want more people to know about it. And I want more people to be informed about it. And I want more people to hear from players that are really good. Um, they maybe had some NBA experience, but didn't necessarily pan out in the way they wanted to. But they're still really good basketball players and probably deserve a second chance, uh, another shot, or at least deserve a shot for other people to watch them on a big stage. This is a really fun, innovative league, and I've just been happy to be a part of it. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in, whether you've tuned into one episode or all 101 episodes at this point. So. Very much appreciated. More to come. This is just the beginning. Got a long way to go. Uh, a lot of people to interview, a lot more content to make. So thanks to everybody who tuned in. Make sure you're following the show on 4th uh, Man Pod on social media, subscribed on YouTube, and on Dash trade and Nothing By Net channel. We love you guys, as always, for tuning in on Saturday and Mondays. Thanks everybody, and let's get into week three. should be a great week three, and we'll see you guys the next time.